Buenos dias, Payne County. <laughs> that means good morning uh, in Spanish. Really? Uh, I'm Father Brian O'Brien, and I am a pastor of a Catholic church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It's called St. Francis Xavier. We just celebrated our feast day, which was December the 3rd, the feast day of St. Francis Xavier all around the world. Who? Who's that guy? And it was awesome. Never heard we of actually that. do a whole little week-long kind of stuff here. Anyway, I'm here um, with, with somebody who is... Who is very special? What? What? <laughs> special, so special. Wait, why do you make it very ambiguous? A couple weeks ago, you said, "I'm here with uh, with a person," <laughs> and and my students were listening to it, and they're like, "What is he this? A you special guest? Special guest?" And so it is me, Father Carey. You're Wakush. not a guest, but you are special. Oh, thanks. I uh, I try to be. I have a permanent collar popped at all times. Very special, just in case I go into someplace. Special so, with quotes. Uh, is it Christmas yet? Special. It's not Christmas. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's Christmas. not Christmas. It's not. Don't Christmas. even. Don't even. Don't even go there. Okay. Wow. It's coming though. But why? Why, why is everybody in such a big hurry to make it Christmas? And then we get to Christmas and we're all sick of it. Christmas. Yeah, I like. I like the the bookends of partying. Like the church says, hey, here are these time frames the to celebrate. Yeah, because then you get like if it's like if somebody sets the date in October and somebody else sets the date the day after Thanksgiving, then. Everybody like is on a totally different schedule. So let's hey let's 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 keep to the old school. Oh, yeah, the OG, yeah. the original gangster schedule. The OG, December twenty fifth. <laughs> boom, funny. and then it, into the season of Christmas. So we uh, so this is uh, what is known as Advent. Advent uh, coming from a Latin word meaning uh, advenire. Uh, Adventus, which means to come or to <clears throat> arrive. Get here. Get Who's here. Arriving. Jesus. The Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, into my, into my life. Um. So, but but what's very interesting, and this it kind of throws. I know, like liturgically, as a priest, like we're in the season of Advent, but like at, at least at our parish, like the first Tuesday, like we started Advent on Sunday, and then like that Tuesday was like our parish feast day. So it sort of throws off like uh-huh. the Advent flavor, you know, and then. You know, then we have this, like, the second Sunday of, of Advent. And the Immaculate Conception. But then, like, yeah, then, like, yes. this great this big <laughs> solemnity, solemnity of where we celebrate that Mary was uh, immaculately conceived. Conceived, Booyah. conceived without sin. Pray for us. And then, in your, if you're in a parish like mine, where we have uh, a lot of Spanish speakers, um, especially from Mexico, which is awesome, then December 12th, what? Like, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Shows Guadalupe, Guadalupe, yes. Guadalupe, Guadalupe, we're gonna, yes, it's St. Thomas More in East Tulsa. These, <laughs> just, my just first sing year that there, for 30 minutes, my, my first year there with Father Samuel, he says, You know, we're getting ready for all the mananitas and the songs and the festivities of the Blessed Virgin Mary of, of Guadalupe. And all of a sudden, this little kid comes walking in and he's got a little bigote, a little, a little a mustache. mustache. And he goes, and I say, it's not a real mustache. I say, ¿Cómo se llama, hijo? And he says, Juan Diego. And, uh, and he was dressed in like, like <laughs> full on Juan Diego costume with wow. the tilma and everything. And I was speaking to this like little kid in Spanish because he didn't speak English. And it was just as like beautiful. There was thousands of people. Yeah. Thousands. I mean, what? Crowds and crowds all day long, all night long. It was beautiful, but I, I think I'm getting out of. So it let's, yeah. So let's back up. We just, you just used a lot of words uh, and phrases and names that might not be uh, familiar to our 
huh? expanding listening audience. Oh, which goes all yeah. the way to Arkansas, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I was with some people last week, and oh, oh no, I got a message from a, it was a, a teacher I used to work with at Bishop Kelly, and she was in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. That, Eureka Springs is in Missouri, isn't it? Oh, Arkansas. okay. I, I retract my statement. I just go, uh, uh, uh-uh. and she was <laughs> like, at a, I don't know what the, was that a restaurant or something? And they were like talking about, she like overheard people talking about our podcast, which I mean, let's be honest. Like it's, this is not a national, like, <laughs> we are not a, a phenomenon of any sort. Claire and Bailey listen in New uh, Zealand. So yeah, no, I that. mean, there are people outside. Of I have to Payton hire County people to listen, listen to it. I have to hire people. But anyway, it's just funny that they were <clears throat> kind of in the same place and they overheard this, these people talking about the podcast. And, and they, I, I heard also that the lady, when she said your name, she put an L up to her forehead and said, Oh, I think she was doing loser. the guns for like go pokes. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Which looks so. frighteningly similar, similar to, to the loser. L on the forehead. <laughs> um, but then I also got a, just a little, a little praise report and then we'll get back to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, I got a message from somebody who said they were um, talking to. They had a family member who had not been to confession in a long time. Oh, hello. And they uh, kind of, I don't think the person listened to the podcast, but this family member sort of inspired by our podcast that we did on confession was able to share about confession based on what they heard on the podcast. Oh, right. And so this other family member went to confession for the first time in 40 years. Stop. Are you kidding me? So that's amazing. Shut up. That's beautiful. Praise, praise report. Praise the Lord. And love it. Love okay. It. Okay. So so, so we're in, we're in Advent, but on December twelfth, um, it's a it's a big day, and I think it's important, especially for the the Anglo's out there, um, to 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 understand this. If if someone is if if you're listening and you're from Mexico, uh, you you know about Our Lady of Guadalupe, but. It's a it's a it's a historic thing uh, it's super that you should awesome. know about, uh, but then it's also just an important culture, especially as as the as there as more and more Hispanics um, make up a larger part uh, percentage of the church in the United States, the church in the Diocese of Tulsa, the church right. in Payne County. Um, you know, we have a Spanish mass every Sunday, and our crowd is 150, 200 people or, or so. Uh, baptisms, quinceañeras, weddings, um, all of those things. We're doing those in Spanish, confessions. And it's it's a it's a joy. It's a great blessing. Now, my Spanish is not the best. <laughs> Father Robert's Spanish is not the best, but we're okay. We're, yeah. we're hanging in there. Um, but, but to know, to try to understand, and I say this sort of broadly, Hispanic people, especially people from Mexico, you have to understand Our Lady of Guadalupe. She is central to the Mexican people. And her feast day is December the 12th, uh, yeah. especially in Mexico, but but in the United States too. It's a big deal. Yeah, but it, the, the reason why she's a big deal is she points everybody to her son, Jesus. Yes. It's that line from John's gospel. It says, do whatever he tells you yep. to do. Yep. And so that's, you know, the, the conversion that went on. We got to get into this because it's it's an incredible story of the greatest conversion in the history. Let me take you the back. History. To the year in 1531. 15, 1531. So, yeah, so I'll set the stage. 1530, and you can read all about this, by the way. There's books, there's movies, uh, there's websites, all this stuff. Anyway, so 1531, uh, in December of 1531, it's winter in Mexico. Mexico at that time 
was um, largely kind of really a pagan culture. Mayan. Um, or they 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 or they believed in God like multiple gods. So it's human sacrifice and um, not a not a fun place to be uh, <laughs> if you were going to be sacrificed. And so there was this this poor man named Juan Diego. So you mentioned that name earlier. Right. Uh, Juan Diego was a basically this like a poor Indian, and he was uh, uh, kind of on his way to visit his uncle who was ill. So the place that the country had already been evangelized, correct? Like it had people had become Catholic a little li- bit. I little mean, bits. a little bit, yes. But it was about to get a booster shot here. Oh, really? So Juan Diego is on the what is what is now kind of the center of Mexico City. But at, in 1531, he was like on this hill outside of Mexico City called okay. Tepeyac. Tepe T E P E Y A C Tepeyac Tepeyac maybe okay something like that. So he's he's kind of minding his own business. And he's on this hill, and it's in the it's in the it's yeah. in the winter, and that's important. And this woman appears to him, and he kind of doesn't doesn't immediately recognize her as somebody as, important as the Blessed Virgin Mary, oh. as the Mother of God. Um, but she appears and basically says, um, Juan Diego, uh, Juan Dieguito, my little my little one, I want you to go to the bishop. Bishop Zumarga, I want you to go to the bishop and I want you to tell him to build a church on this hill. And so, you know, I mean, so right there, it's like, what? Uh, uh, that's excuse crazy. me, excuse me. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the archbishop who, who so, probably won't even receive him. Right, right. So this and this is in a much They're more formal, much more formal day. So he so he goes to the bishop and basically is like rebuffed, like <laughs> get the get the heck out of here. Knock knock knock. <laughs> So he goes back and is sort of sad and 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 Mary says to him again, like you I want you to go to go to the bishop and tell him to build a church on and this. And Juan Diego's like, hey, I already told him once and he didn't listen to me. So they go he goes back and, and the bishop, you know, I don't know, probably mildly annoyed at this point, <laughs> says, All right, you know, give me give me proof. You th- you saying you're saying that Mary appeared to you give me some credit. on a random hill. You're like just a little poor guy. Um, you don't matter. Uh, <laughs> give me some proof. So he goes back, and Juan Diego is wearing what would be we would call like a cloak um, in Spanish. It, would, it was a tilma, T-I-L-M-A. He's wearing this tilma, and he goes back to the spot. And this is the middle of winter, December twelfth, uh, outside of Mexico City. And on this hill, on Tepeyac Hill, are these roses, flowers growing in the middle of winter. I don't know if you've been around Payne County. <laughs> in the last month or so, but there are not a lot of flowers growing. There's not a lot of grass growing either. No, everything's dead. <laughs> but here on this hill was these these roses. So Juan Diego says, "Oh, this is my proof." Boom! So he gathers up all these roses in his tilma, and he goes back to the bishop and he and he says, "Bishop, look, f- these flowers on um, in the middle of winter." So as he lays, as the story goes, his, as he lays down the flowers in front of the bishop, he comes out of his cloak. On the cloak, on his tilma, which is, is like several feet long, it's big. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like sort of four or five a feet think of long. it like a blanket. Yeah, like it's a like big blanket. Um, on this tilma is this image of of Mary, and it's a distinct image. So you think of you think of like images you've seen of the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
this is this is very distinct. Um, she's wearing traditional kind of mestizo clothes. She's okay. wearing sort of the clothes of the time and of the region. Um, even her her skin um, is is a, is a little darker complexion, kind of an olive complexion, as would be the women in that particular region. Um, she is uh, standing on like a like a moon, so it comes out of the out of the Book of Revelation. Oh, uh, Revelation the, 12. Oh, the woman clothed yes. with the sun with yes. the moon at her yes. feet and the yes. stars around her head. Yep, yep. Ooh, hello. Um, and she's wearing, uh, the, we, in, in, the, in that culture, if you were pregnant, you would wear, you'd have this sort of black, um, almost like a belt, but a little like a ribbon kind of around your waist. And that's how people would know you're pregnant. And she's wearing that. So <laughs> there's this sort of miraculous yeah. thing that happens right in front of the bishop. Um out of that, and there's more to the story, and it's awesome, but out of that, the, the, the church gets built, and the entire continent is evangelized. Um, so in the, in the span, in the, in the, in the 20-, 30-year span following 1531, uh, millions of people come to know Jesus Christ and his church, and it started with... Our Lady appearing to this poor Indian on a no-name hill outside of Mexico City. So when we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe, that's basically what we're celebrating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I miss anything? What did I miss I, in there? I, I think it's pretty yeah? good. Yeah? I, I do like the... You know, I love science and stuff. like. I do love the science behind it because some people just like, oh, it's just... You, know, you made quickly, that up. They could quickly discredit it. So when I, so I was down in Mexico City when I was learning Espanol... And I didn't realize that uh, that location, that spot, is the equidistant location between the tip of South America and the tip of North America. Is that the, true? The northern, northern that. tip of North America and the southern, southern tip of South America. I didn't that know that. Tepeyac, Me- that, that area, DFA, Mexico City, is like zeroed in on the central part. There's like Notre Dame in Paris. There is the, they tried to make the new, <laughs> like the center of the world right there. So they created all these maps based on Notre Dame Cathedral and out oh, of yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. So when they were doing like bombing missions in Vietnam and French, French, uh, French, uh, Vietnam, <laughs> they were missing targets because they'd used French maps. Oh, French. <laughs> oh, French, Matt. You and your maps. So some of the cool stuff about this is like just like doing research on the on the background of it. Uh, I love the science that it, it's it, the distance is there. Uh, someone told me that if you took a map of the stars it, from uh, 1531, from 12th December, December 12th, yeah, they appear as a pattern on the woman's tilma. Yes. Uh, a couple. One of the other cool things that I uh, I learned is that like. The image is one image. It's not a. It's not a painting, right? Like, so, like, so the so if you go to Mexico City today and you go to there's there was the original church. Uh, Mexico City, as you may know, is like built on a kind of a marsh, and uh-huh. so it's not the most stable. And it's uh, so it's sinking, like, yeah. yeah. So the the original church kind of sink. So they built a new church to to hold the millions and millions and millions of of pilgrims that come every year. Uh, and they have the the cloak Juan Diego's tilma. It's still it's still there, and it's made of like cactus. Yeah, or something. I mean, it's for, it was the, the guy was poor. The guy didn't. I mean, he didn't have the finest of robes, 
it's it's a material that uh, should corrode. 500 years later should be in rubble long gone yeah, right. it should be just like laying there right. fibers it, but it remains right so it's one image that is just pressed on you know, i guess you can see when they did some research on it. you know people are like i don't believe this and so they look at it and they're like okay wait a second uh, there's no drying marks on this like yeah, there's, this there's were painted yeah you'd see it's that it's all on pressed on at one time the other, i think a couple other cool things is like you mentioned the skin, like the skin color and the clothing a, a a lebanese woman told me one time she looked at it and she says that looks like my mother's lips and nose like so she has this sort of like um, middle middle eastern, middle eastern huh. sort of face yeah. and lips but yeah. Uh, the mesti- the the clothing of the uh, the local indigenous people. Love that. And uh, we had a we had a seminarian at one point in time who was from that native tribe of Juan Diego, and he said the little man on the bottom, he said, that has a great significance. That little angel looking yeah. guy on the bottom, because he says, in his tribe, there was a specific person, a young person, that would. In, in ancient times would run between the different tribes to deliver important messages. Oh. And it would always be a, like a young kid. It's not like an old man. It's a young, young kid who's got lots of energy and really excited about life and can deliver messages. And so it's excited that. Excited about life. <laughs> excited about life. They're like, I mean, what if you told them, told me to like, hey, I need you to run 15 miles today to deliver this message, get the yeah. answer, and then you know, run back. They're like, pass. <laughs> Not running thirty miles, and he would, and he's the one who's holding up uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Lady of Guadalupe. Ah. And he's the one that's like presenting it, and it, it, I never, I never heard that, and I've it's not in any that. document I've ever read. But he said, in his native wow. Indian tribe, you know, they have their own language, they have their own culture, and they have their own message delivery system, and this is. My this favorite a, little scientific piece is when they, they've, they've studied. I mean, so this image has, like, been through the ringer scientifically. I mean, they've, they've looked at it. And, and one of the things the church does, I don't know if people know this, but, like, when we're trying to show a miracle, uh, yeah. one of the things we do is we hire atheists. Uh, <laughs> people who don't believe it? Yeah. I mean, because you could, I mean, if, we, if, if everyone who examined it was, like, a devout Catholic scientist— <laughs> Any you know a non-believer could easily just come in and say like, well, yeah, of course they said that because they had the Pope told them to or whatever. Right. Sure. But um, so we bring in sort of agnostic atheist scientists to do to do yeah, the work. Yeah. Right. So they found one that it's not yeah it's not a painting, um, it's it's almost like a photograph. It's the the image is like on the tilma, like, like a, a photograph photo. is on paper. Really? So that's the way he describes it. Yeah. So you can't remove it. Right. Right. It's on there. I mean, it's on like 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 you like if you're holding a photograph. Then the other is they looked at her at her eyes. Uh-huh. So they did a deep dive, big like microscope microscopic view of her eyes. And what they found was, if you look deep in deep in, if you look deep into her eyes, <laughs> you will what you see are images of the bishop and his team basically as basically it was what Juan Diego was looking at when he unveiled the flowers and the image came forth um, oh. from her, in her eyes are oh. that 
Oh, it's that because picture. It, because that's it's, what she would have been looking at. Ah, uh, because yeah, it, it appears in in the like like I can see the light from the ceiling in your eyeballs right now. It's getting weird. And I can also see your future. It's looking <laughs> bright. Getting good grades. You better wear some shades. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was old school. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like just really cool kind of sci- like scientific proof about it. But ultimately, I mean, and the reason why we make such a big deal about it, and the reason why, especially people from Mexico, but um, what we want to make the case here is that that everybody should care about this, not just people who are from Mexico. It changed Mexico as a people. It made Mexico a Catholic country. Um, the missionaries had come and had had, you know, some limited limited success. Um, Our Lady Guadalupe just dominated the thing. Um, Mexico became a Catholic country and remains so to this day. It's losing it a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, she is, uh, for us, she's the patroness of, of, of the pro-life movement. So a lot of times uh-huh. if you go to pro-life events, right. you'll see big images of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And part of that is she's because she's pregnant. Right, so sho- right. showing the dignity of uh, of a pregnant woman. Uh, so you'll see you'll see that quite a bit. Um, but then you know she and I think especially in America we we have to be and I think we should be so very grateful for the in for immigration. Um, now our immigration system is broken. We could do a whole show on that. <laughs> of, of, yeah. I'm, I'm not. This is not a political statement. But that the church in the United States is growing and in many places is thriving because of immigration. And, and of, as we all know, a lot of that immigration, especially in the South, has come from Mexico. And so when people come to the United States, many, many, many of them are Catholic. And many, many, many of them then get involved in their local parishes and, and revitalize them yeah. in many places. Um, I know I can just say this at St. Francis Xavier, we would be a lesser parish without our... Hispanics. Uh, our Spanish speakers. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Life would be a little easier. I could My, my whole day would just be in English. Uh, <laughs> but it's been, I mean, it's been for me, and I, and I know for Father Robert, uh, a great challenge to, to step up our game and, and improve our Spanish and preach well in Spanish. And yes. Because they need it and they deserve it. Uh, but anyway, the church in the U.S. is, is a better place because of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So Our Lady of Guadalupe evangelized the Mexicans. The Mexicans have come to the United States, and and we're better for it. Sweet. I love it. It's great. It's great. So every year, December 12th, um, so this, it's already passed. Uh, we've already had our, um, our celebration. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Uh, in the future, my hope is people will put that down on their calendar. If you live here in Payne County, every December 12th, book it for the rest of your life. Uh, we're going to have a rocking day. And it starts with, we, there's dancing uh, in the morning. We have these kind of traditional Mexican dancing. And we start at like 7 a.m. The mass in the evening is not till 6, but we're starting at 7 a.m. And it's an all-day affair, an all-day beautiful festival and and honoring her. One cool thing that we are going to do, uh, so if you're familiar with our church here in Stillwater, we have an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the church. It's a statue, and it's from the old church, from the old St. Francis Xavier. When we moved, we brought her with us. If we didn't, we would have had a small uh, revolt. Starting uh, starting with the guy. In the but she doesn't part. match. The statue we have now doesn't match the others. Oh, it doesn't? But we want but we Oh, yeah. To. D- no way. Does. So we're undergoing a little, just a little fundraising campaign to... Um, 
get a new carved in wood, just match like the all other the statues to match the others, Our Lady Guadalupe, and it's going to be beautiful. So we're kicking that off. Are you going to take down the statue of yourself and then put her up there? Is that is that I is that? Not, <laughs> no. I'm just I'm just I'm just asking. I'm not judging. I'm just here to observe and ask questions. I do have a bobblehead. That's the only that's the only <laughs> statue of, of myself that I think and I hope exists. <laughs> the ever. Old, ever. Yeah. So when you were at St. Thomas More, you did a year you were a year at uh, in East East Tulsa, largely Hispanic, Spanish speaking parish. Mm-hmm. 8 hours a day Spanish. What wh- I mean, was our Lady Guadalupe a big deal there or is this just a Stillwater thing? Uh no, no, we uh we had a replica of the image that was brought from Mexico. So you know, St. Thomas More, St. Francis Xavier, in, uh, in Tulsa, in Tulsa, both yep. the, both the parishes of Tulsa have these images that were given from the Cardinal Archbishop of Mexico City, District Federal, DFE, DFE, and they they were brought to the the diocese and and given. Now, what what I uh, this I mean, there's always this kind of like ambiguity sometimes of like what are we doing when we honor. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, talk about that. Because I think maybe somebody who's listening who's not a Catholic is like, you guys talk about Mary too much. Yeah. (laughs) We've talked about the the role of Mary. Brant Petrie has this book called um, The Jewish Roots of Mary. Just like The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. If you haven't read Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, I encourage you to go pick it up. The Jewish Roots of Mary as well. Because Mary is not just some just gal as we talked about on previous podcasts she's not just some woman she's she's the holy theotokos as the council of ephesus says she's the very mother of of god she's not the mother of the christ she's the mother of god she is the woman who gets this whole thing going by saying what yes at the annunciation that at that moment she says let it be done unto me according to your word she kicks it off, and she gets all this stuff going. Then, what does she do? She, when her son is born, she she raises him in the faith. She teaches the Savior of the world the faith. He grows, as the Scripture says, in wisdom and knowledge um, around her and Joseph. And then, at that great, awesome moment of the wedding at Cana, she says her last words. Which were? Which were, um... Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, hold on a second. I just kind of like my brain just stopped working off. She says, do whatever my son tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. Those are the last words of the Blessed Virgin Mary, yeah. the Holy Theotokos and ever Virgin Mary. And so this, as we honor Mary, Mary is alive in heaven. She is interceding on our behalf because she's the queen of heaven. And that's the way, like, you know, read this book on Brent, Brent, by Brent Petrie called The Jewish Roots of Mary. And you can see like that the mother is the queen of the kingdom. She's not just some random gal. She's the mother of the king. And her job is intercessory and intercessory roles to to answer the, the prayers to of the To build poor. the kingdom. Yeah. So yeah, what it, make the so kingdom in better. All, in all of these cases, Jesus, and this may sound really strange for you people who are not Catholic and even people who are Catholic, he sends his mother to do his work. Yeah, I mean she's she's a disciple. I yes. mean first and first and foremost, she's the is the first disciple. I mean she's she loves her son and worships her son as God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's an interesting relationship. You know, it's a different different relationship. But but yes, 
yeah, the son sends his mother, the king sends the queen to to do his work. To hear the cries of the poor yep. and to receive them. And yep. so this is this scene around Tepeyac. You know, it's, I think we sometimes polish uh, history in the past and kind of view it in the light of right now. And so we, we, as we look back, I mean, there's, as you mentioned, there's these human sacrifices going on. You go down to Honduras, and they would have these sports fields, and the team that won got sacrificed. And I was like, what? So there's this culture going on, and the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Holy Theotokos, is the one who comes and brings her son into their culture. Yeah, so we didn't say that when, when one, of the, one of the other changes that brought, was brought about, besides a lot of people becoming Catholic, is the practice of human sacrifice basically ended. Yeah. With the, with the coming of Christianity came the end of human sacrifice. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Yeah, so St. Thomas More, it was just a, it was a beautiful time. There, even people built a crown to put over oh, yeah. of the oh, image beautiful. and they left their jewelry and their jewels and their gold rings and things and they would ask the Blessed Virgin Mary or Lady of Guadalupe to help them. Orrega por nosotros. Pray yeah. for us. Pray for us. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, who is from this day, all generations will call, we'll me, call blessed. me blessed. That's her name. So December 12th, every year, we're past it for Payne County this year, but we wanted to tell you about it because it was awesome. And uh, we just wanted to share with that that little story. Look it up. Uh, definitely look up the image so you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Our Read Lady of Guadalupe. Of Pray for us. And we hope everyone has a great week. Pray for us. Happy and Monday. it's not Christmas yet.